What is the Podcast of Matrix? The Podcast of Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at podcastermatrix.com. When you hear the words Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. You're already listening to the Curious Goods Podcast because you're a fan of the 80s cult television series Friday the 13th, the series. How could the program notch up to a level to be epic? Well, not so strangely, you, one, involve Nazi plans of reanimation. Two, tell the tale of Jack Marshak's previous commando escapades inside of Nazi Germany. And three, bring all of the reanimated Nazi presence, potential impact, and propaganda to our time now. How's that for a wind-up? Here's the pitch. It's time for the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, Season 2, Episode 19, The Butcher. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick, so much to get to, but first, some quick housekeeping. Good things of bad things. Speaking of Nazis, we are very quickly feeling the impact of a virus that has struck not only the United States, but the world. And while we're definitely not going to dedicate any of our podcast to focusing on that. I did want to mention it because there is an outstanding episode of a podcast that's available from Dr. Mark Halstead, one of our fellow podcasters on the network, who has an excellent, excellent coronavirus-based podcast that everybody should absolutely listen to. The reason is because there's reason inside of it. And it talks about everything you should be doing but also tempers some of the stuff that is not reasonable. We'll make sure that there's a link to it from this podcast over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click inside the show notes, click on that episode, and tell Dr. Mark you said hi when you listen to that episode. Library, library, library. This is on the heels of going and listening to Dr. Mark's coronavirus-based podcast episode, yes. But more importantly... Go and listen to something else other than the news right now. Inside this episode, there's actually a large focus on something we kind of strangely left out of the show notes. Maybe we'll readdress that. But it's propaganda. 
and it is the impact of messaging of one kind or another. Mm -hmm. And so remember that there are thousands of episodes inside of every nook and cranny inside of the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network. And I would urge all of you to go and listen to some of that and break away from the ties that bind inside of today's news cycle because you will quickly find yourself inside of a very dark hole if you don't. Go check out the library. Again, that's in general, twoguystalking.com. That's the number twoguystalking.com. Nick, enough talking of housekeeping and good thoughts. It's time to think better things with the retell of this episode, Season 2, Episode 19. The Butcher. Another lock is being broken on another door inside of the start of this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. Inside, two men. One, an escaped war criminal named Mueller. The other named... I'm going to die soon. The police are on the way. They have only a few minutes, and then they'll have what they're looking for. It's a very mysterious space. Evil, menacing, all the wares of past evil Nazi scientists. You have my attention. Inside, they find nothing good. They unfurl a series of doors, unlatch a series of latches and locks and thingamabobs, and it all opens up, showcasing a frozen uniform soldier from a past age when the war was raging. It's Roush! The one that they, with a little help from a cursed object, of course, will become their new Fuhrer. He'd have been a good successor. It's time to light the candles! Oh my goodness, the Nazi and supernatural waft is incredibly thick. Water drips, and Rausch's thaw begins. As they inspect the body, it looks as though he was strangled with some kind of wire. And now it's time for the amulet. The two men hover above the body and begin an incantation. Hear a cry. The chant continues. Give this body life. And nothing happens. And then something does happen. Roush's body awakens, sits upright, and then... Strangles Mr. I'm Gonna Die Soon. The amulet allows now Mueller and Roush to have a linked hive mind. Whether near or far, and together their evil mind will foster a new evil that the Fuhrer demanded so many years ago. As our tale continues to unfurl, we see flashbacks of atrocities and wrongdoings, the horror, the torture, and times that many wish could not only be forgotten, but that would have never existed to begin with. Jack Marshak, man of terrible past commando war dreams action, awakens, and it's all been a dream or a nightmare of things to come. In another room across the Nadian Berg, Baseballs from eras long gone by adorn the wall. A knock at the door. Uh, who is it? A war buddy of Jack Marshak's. May I come in? The man, Lefty, opens a door to greet the unknown man. The unknown man enters and pushes the wheelchair-bound Lefty into the center of the room. You see, Lefty was a man that, together with Jack Marshak, was one of the liberators of prisoners of war and victims of torture many years ago. You know how we know that? 
they showcase a photo with seven guys, seven commandos from a previous era, and this aging man lefty inside the wheelchair is one of them. Jack is another inside the photo. The man whose face we've not yet seen walks quietly behind Lefty and then strangles him to death with a barbed wire. Crunch. Over at the Curious Good Shop in another part of Canada, it's a reunion of past commandos inside the Curious Good Shop. Shaw and Simpson, they've come to visit Jack. Hugs and greetings round the horn. They've come for the funeral of their recently murdered friend, Lefty. But Jack's not going? You see, Jack's not interested in seeing Lefty inside of his coffin. His friends assure him that the only thing that they all have left together is to ensure that they're buried right. Later on, the three stand at Lefty's coffin, wish him well, and take a swig from the flask of the same stuff that they had back in the foxhole so many years ago. Apparently, Lefty is the third recent commando to die. Hmm. Jack Marshak. Man of sniffing out clues when you wouldn't think there would be any. Checks the wound on Lefty. He, too, has been strangled by barbed wire. Why would someone murder Lefty? The mystery begins to intertwine with the subjects inside of this episode. The three are later reminiscing at a bar. Two more members of their commando team have died recently within the last year. Jack is thinking the same thing that all the audience is. It's Roush, the butcher. But the butcher is dead. Jack shares his dream with his buddies. You know, the one that he had the night that Lefty was killed. The three continue drinking and then head back to the Curious Good Shop to tuck in for the night and to get some shut-eye. They'll start thinking about it tomorrow after a hell of a hangover. Or will they? Inside a faraway German prison cell, the now apparently recaptured Mueller is making marks on a photo of the men that ended his run so many years ago. The picture? It's Jack Marshak's commando team, many of whom now feature X's on their faces. Later on, another dream of Jack Marshak again ensues. He awakens screaming. Thankfully, his friend Shaw is there to console him. The next morning, a special package arrives from the Veterans Administration's office, confirming that the other two team deaths were also deaths by strangulation of apparently barbed wire. Barbed wire. Barbed wire most foul. Shaw and Jack begin a conversation. Mueller's Nazi activities had a strange focus. Reanimation. And while Jack has dealt with the impossible, Shaw affirms that it is not a phantom from their past. Oh, how little does Shaw know. Across the Canadian Berg, again, a radio host is taking a call. They're all talking about reasonably conservative activities, about people spreading disease, and hey, the dude's name is Carl Steiner, who looks suspiciously like (gasps) Roush. A lady begins interviewing Roush, talking to him about the activities of the last year, about his growing audience, about his message that continues to spread around the nation. It's time to let the weak, lazy, and uneducated get out of the way. Later, inside a restroom, Carl Steiner is feeling dizzy, weak, and he has the thirst to kill. But Mueller, via remote communication inside his mind, encourages him not to do so. Because Simpson has been found. It's time to move to the next objective. 
Back at the Curious Goods shop, Jack is trying to share details of what's going on with Shaw. He opens a trunk that hasn't been opened since the end of the war. A Nazi flag, a book, <gasps> it's a diary! It details the tale of a group, a dark group called Thule, that claimed to grant new life to the dead. Reanimation! Reanimation most foul. Jack believes that Roush is back. Time to collect Simpson so that he too is not murdered, but oh, damn it! It's too late! Simpson is murdered inside of his vehicle while listening to the Carl Steiner show by Carl Steiner inside of his car! Jack Marshak. Man of continuing dwindling friend count action. And Shaw are waiting for Simpson, but hey, they just got a phone call. Someone killed Simpson! Another mark of the master picture held by imprisoned Nazi scientist Mueller. Jack is still trying to share the mystical details of the dark cult group Thule that could raise the dead. Mueller must have finally got a way to get the amulet and has apparently risen Rausch. Jack calls West Germany, you know, the office of the Allied Military Prison in Berlin. Back inside the radio station, Carl Steiner listens to more people that share a lot of his same feelings and opinions. Via evil amulet-driven psychic connection, Mueller continues to share his plan to have revenge on the man who derailed his previous plans and killed Rausch. It's all part of the plan. Jack's phone call to the warden is finally connected. You see, in the last year, Mueller had escaped. What? Jack plans to head back to Europe to talk to Mueller. However, Shaw is not going and will obviously be murdered before the end of this episode. Well, of course, he knows Jack Marshak. Jack provides his one remaining team member with his gun and bullets to protect himself and heads for West Berlin. Jack quickly arrives inside of West Berlin's airport. That was a quick flight. And will soon be escorted to Mueller's cell. But first, a quick nap, where during another nightmare, Jack sees the amulet, past horrors, and death. It's the memory of storming the bunker and killing Roush. But inside the dream, Roush awakens? <gasps> Jack wakes up again. In a panic, Jack calls his friend Shaw back in Canada inside the Curious Goods Shop. He's toting a gun around the shop. Unfortunately, he is then strangled by Carl Roush inside the shop with barbed wire. Jack's side of the call goes unanswered as Shaw slumps to the ground. Jack arrives at Mueller's cell. I've been expecting you. I'm glad you could make it. Mueller shares that he doesn't know anything to help Jack. Of course, because Roush is dead. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Jack insists that Mueller has brought back Roush with the use of the amulet. A quick cat and mouse game conversation ensues. I want the Reich to be reborn. By the way, your remaining friend is already dead. 45 years I've waited to experience this day, and I've left you for last. You psychotic bastard. Psychotic is relative when the Nazis are involved. Here, take the amulet to Rausch, Jack. He's been waiting for you a long time. It's time to purify the world and be the master race. We will rise again. Jack arrives back at the Curious Good Shop where he finds the incredibly smelly body of his dear friend Shaw. It's true! He, too, has been murdered by Roush, strangled with barbed wire, and left like yesterday's stinking laundry. On the ground, Jack spies 
a magazine? And on that cover of that magazine is Carl Steiner. Because his fame and popularity are getting so huge, he's now getting media attention. And because of this, Jack is finally able to put the dots together. With the dots now connected, it's time to move on with our story. Carl Steiner is back inside of his studio, taking more calls of support and extreme opinion. His next call is Jack Marshak, who is speaking in German. Jack tells him that he's got the amulet, and now it's time for the butcher to come to him to get the amulet. The show's over, but so is Carl Steiner's radio broadcast career. You see, it's time to pivot and take advantage of his newfound popularity in politics. This is Carl Steiner. Thank you for listening, America. Act three of our episode starts as Jack takes in some sweet tea and remembers his friends. Jack is losing it and knows that he's got to turn and take the battle to Roush. He prepares his machine gun, his bayonet, and Don's still-fitting garb from a time long gone by and waits for Roush to arrive. Jack once again nods off. Another dream ensues. It's the nightmare of the raid again. He is rudely awakened by the back door bursting open inside the Curious Goods shop. He unloads his machine gun's magazine in all directions into the room. I've waited half a century to spill your blood, Marshak. You have something I want. Give it to me now, and I promise you a quick death. Jack circles the room in the dark and is surprised by Roush, who is eventually able to get the amulet, making him invincible? At last, the amulet has made me complete. Jack escapes and grabs his gun, shooting Roush squarely in the chest several times and then straight in the forehead. Roush absorbs all of the shots and falls quickly to the ground and then rises? You can't escape me, Marshak. I have a thousand years to find you. Roush now hunts Jack inside the dark and curious good shop, but Jack gets the drop on Roush. He wraps a piece of barbed wire around his neck at the staircase. Roush is immobilized. Now Jack removes the amulet from Roush's garb and Roush experiences the damage from all the previously received wounds and dies. <laughs> the next day, Jack is taking the amulet, the photos, the flags and memories and locking them away in his trunk for a second final time. As the heartfelt violin continues inside this episode, Jack locks the trunk, the amulet, and the pain from this episode away inside the vault and walks upstairs to remember his friends. Every episode of Friday the 13th has goods and bads. Let's focus on the good inside this episode. Involving Nazis. It is the quick round five gallon bucket of storytelling in that you can toss just about anything you want into it and you sprinkle in a side of Nazi and it all kind of works really, really well. Right. Whether it's just that you hearken back to a time where all odds are against you or there was this dark force that you instantly have to spring up and rise up against mm -hmm. or... Just that, especially those of us in America, we were the good guys, and we stormed in and kicked all kinds of Nazi ass, so that 
the connotation of doing good when you eventually, when you evoke the concept of Nazis into a story, it is instantly transforming inside of this episode, not just because American commandos were able to go knock out the Nazis, but in this case, American commandos were able to go knock out the Nazis and then also derail a reanimation program that they were involved in. So well, all right. doubly so. Well, it's always cool when a story can latch on to points in history, mm -hmm. which they do here. But one thing that a lot of people do not associate with World War II is the occult. Mm -hmm. Unless, of course, you watch specific movies, watch specific TV shows, or read specific books. And video Hitler, games. Video games, And too. video games do it as well. Hitler loved the occult. Mm -hmm. He was obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of his advisors steered him in a way to where, hey, guess what? All this occult shit that's out there, this is how you win. This is how you'll get the edge over the Allies. Uh, it's it's why it's one of the it is the driving factor to Raiders of the Lost Ark, mm -hmm. ultimate power, baby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the fact that we can we can bring in we can bridge these two moments: World War II fighting Nazis and the occult, and we have a perfect show right here that can focus on both and and do them justice and do them well. A bad guy with a good plan. As I unfurl this point inside of our program, I just want to confirm with everyone that might think that I'm sympathizing with Nazis inside of this, that my intention is not to sympathize with a Nazi. Mike Wilkerson? <laughs> but rather to go, boy, wouldn't that be an interesting plan if you remove the Nazi part and you go, here's an imprisoned scientist that has found a way to find revenge on people that did him wrong 50 years ago. Mm. That suddenly becomes a very interesting story that anybody would be willing to watch, even if you then insert that there's a Nazi influence. Well, insert the Nazi influence, and then it's it's you've upped it a level. Yeah. Insert the fact that it's an evil Nazi scientist who was dealing with occult matters. Oh, come on! Yeah. And How would you not want to hear about this story? Yeah. And that's what makes this very interesting. It, it all just... It sparks interest. There is no piece of this episode where you just kind of go, man, I wish this was done already. No. Uh, no. It, in stark contrast to one of our most recent reviews where it had a double item inside of it, mm -hmm. where if you removed in particular one of the items, the other would have been made even better, but then the episode would have been made better. Right. This is one where there's, it, it's just, it's all spellbinding. You're, you're curious about all of it. Are you curious about the reanimation of dead bodies? Yes. Are you curious about what happened with Jack Marshak when he was in the commandos? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are you interested in what happened and how Jack interacted with the Nazis and the reanimation project inside of Nazi Germany? Yes. Are you interested in finding out what happened with the commando team after Jack returned to America 50 years later? Well, obviously, yes, we are. Are you interested in seeing how they wrap up and tie both of those periods of time together? Yes, we are. Are you interested in what happens inside of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series? Yes. The answer is yes across all of them, making something that everybody looks at, nods at, and takes in instantaneously because of the recipe that's been concocted and then put into a pot so we can all take a big fat bite. On top of all of that, Mueller, who is your main bad guy he's the he is the one that gets everything in motion even though he's not the one 
killing people, he is the one pulling the strings. So he's your mastermind. Mm-hmm. Add up the amount of time he's in this episode, and it's five. Maybe. Maybe five minutes long. Yeah, if you add on his his remote voice uh, psycho link. Right, the psychic link. You add yes, that stuff, maybe, maybe five, five minutes, minutes maybe yeah. six. Mm-hmm. Normally, I would complain about the show recycling actors. Mm-hmm. And Mueller is played by Colin Fox, yeah. who has been in two previous episodes, mm-hmm. uh, The Poison Pin from season one. Mm-hmm. And uh, season two's episode, uh, Tales I Live, Heads You Die, mm-hmm. I believe it was called. Mm-hmm. Wow. Let's talk about a guy who has made all three of his appearances on this show drastically different from the previous ones. Right. And not made up differently. Like, it's not like he's got an afro in one right. of them. And, yeah. Well, I, I one, mean, he wore amazing. a beard. The other one, he had a, he, he was wearing a monk's robe. So. Yeah. And, and this one, he's got a German accent. Yeah. Yet, all three of those characters are so distinct. Yeah. They all have a nuance. Right. They, they right. all have a nuance. And, and again, it's the whole slipping into the role thing. Is the actor going to slip into the role or aren't they? And the answer is in spades. Jack Marshak. Man of solo story delivery action. This was delicious. This is the flip side of the coin to the Mickey and Ryan escapade episode that doesn't involve Jack. And it is intoxicating to me. Mm. And it's not just because they bring back that he is a former commando. It's not that they bring back that he's a former commando that derailed the Nazi reanimation program. It's not that he was held inside of Nazi reanimation camp. It's just so delicious. It, it's, like, it's like a refreshing cold drink on a hot summer afternoon that I must now have another sip of. Well, where this show is concerned, we've never had this. We've had episodes that Jack was gone and we had Mickey and Ryan. We've had episodes where Ryan was gone and it was Jack and Mickey. Mm-hmm. We've had Jack and Ryan episodes. We have never had a solo Jack episode. And for this to be all focused on the man, the myth, the legend, Jack Marshak. It's a character that is missed when he's not there and is definitely underutilized sometimes as just the exposition mouthpiece. This episode proves that Jack Marshak stands on his own. And I'm hoping that there are more episodes with more focus on just him in our future. Bonus good. Kick-ass professionals pulling it all off. Without question, from the very deeply flawed Mueller, Mm -hmm. all the way down to our couple of words, last Commando Team victim Simpson, everybody's role inside of this episode was a gold star. Hell, even Lefty. Oh, the actor who played Lefty. I was just... Oh, that it, it was all extraordinary. It, it it all fit perfectly into place. There's not a puzzle piece that didn't fit. There was nobody that was... I mean, even the evil Nazis are appropriately evil Nazi inside mm-hmm. of this. I just a, a total kudos to everybody that was the professional actor inside of this episode. Because what we saw inside of this episode was professional acting. Yes. It everything that was inside this episode is what was missing from the child actor inside of our previous episode. <laughs> there there was right. n- there was nothing 
that was given to us inside that episode from JB. Inside this episode, however, everybody gives. Yeah, we have a, a thousand percent. We have an entire collection of seasoned actors, depending on how long their scenes are or how long they were in the episode. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Everything that was given to us in this episode, performance-wise, was out of the park. And that's because they had great material to work off of. Mm-hmm. Because the writing was also stellar for this. Mm-hmm. So when we can have an episode that there's not one hiccup in a performance, we have to stand up, take notice, and that's why we added this as a bonus good. Ah, so many great things inside this episode. We're curious what you thought was good inside this episode. Let us know by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you thought was good inside this episode. Every episode of Friday the 13th, the series has goods and bads. We've looked at the goods. Now let's take a look at the not-so-goods. Lack of police investigation. This was something that kind of came to us later after the episode was actually over. Much. Because things move so quickly and you're so focused on what's going on. The pace of this episode is excellent to where we actually had to stop and go, well, well, wait a minute. So you've got one ex-military, you have a veteran dead, murdered in his home by strangulation. Okay, tragic, but we'll be on the lookout for a pattern. You would think that 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 would be the police's way of thinking. Mm -hmm. Well, now all of a sudden you have yet another veteran murdered, strangled in his own car. Mm -hmm. That actually has a connection to the previous murder victim. Well, as a police officer, one would think, hmm, this is the start of a pattern. Maybe I'll look into this. Because these two had a connection, you find out how many other people have a connection. Which would have then led to the previous members of the squad who were overseas learning that they too were murdered by strangulation. Now, of course, we don't get that. Jack is on the job. Jack is the one who puts the pieces together. Mm-hmm. But... You wouldn't think that an officer would go, hmm, these two gentlemen who are connected to the now two dead, murdered gentlemen, well, they're all connected. Maybe we should give them a little bit of police protection. Maybe we should have, oh, I don't know, a squad car outside the Curious Good shop just in case of, you know, insert murderer. Right. But no, we don't get that. And yet again, this show just glosses over the involvement and the competence of law enforcement. And it's starting to get, it, it's, it's a bad running joke because yes, we get to, we get to joke about it. Well, the cops in this show just don't know what the hell they're doing. I'm not saying we need a yeah, cop I'm, character. Yeah, that's always there to bail them out of right. a sticky situation, but come on, damn it. Get, get, at least elevate the police officers in this show from Keystone cops. Uh, what I was looking for and will be looking for is something, anything, that is an investigative element, because there's nothing. I, yeah, I mean, nothing. just like there's there's nothing. And again, I'm not looking for a CSI crime scene. <laughs> I'm not looking for a 20 minute entourage of investigation of 
deathly neck wound. I'm not looking for anything like that from an NCIS episode, but something mm. that would help with the deduction that there is something awry here. Because if you had something like this, even back in the 80s, somewhere something, an alarm bell would have went off. Yeah, yeah. And if they knew that there were three members of this squad of people left, something. There, there would have been something. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it would have been suitable for making its own little television series out of it, but there would have been something. No real Carl Steiner story. Now, this was disappointing because learning that Rausch, now going by Carl Steiner, and he has become a popular radio personality, I want to know a little bit more about this. That sounds very interesting because now you have a platform in which you can utilize the propaganda that you want to push out to the masses, but disguise it as your shock jock radio talk type of a thing. It's very easy to disguise Zig Heil mentality when you suggest something and you allow the audience to turn it into something more than it actually is Mm -hmm. and you 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 just you rile them up while remaining completely calm most of most shock jocks will get you know loud and animated but you've got carl here just smooth and cool as a cucumber going like well you know what folks this is what i think and i think you think the same thing and if you think the same thing you're smart too be more like carl and it works, mm-hmm. and it totally works. And then, yeah. oh, you're you're going to go into politics? Holy shit, we're going to have a Nazi yeah. running for office. Well, what, I want more. Yeah, what I really liked about this, without getting into some sort of political-leaning discussion going mm-hmm. on here, is that this is incredibly appropriate for today's time. For today, yes, for it, it, it 2020, is, yes. It is amazingly appropriate. And back in the late 80s, you had the spark of what was... This same concept where talk radio was right at its beginning, its apex of where it can collect opinion and foster discussion and particular arguments. And it not is, only collect opinion, influence opinion. Yeah. And, and create an atmosphere of wanting to talk about things that are diametrically different than you, regardless of your lean. And so that it's used here inside of this story in this context was outstanding. And that's why I'm so sorry that we unfortunately got shortchanged in regard to story delivery because we just simply didn't have the time, which leads us to. The 42 minute countdown. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike. You're wrong. But this episode could have been stretched out to two episodes and still would have been solid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Had we expanded more on Roush taking on the persona of Carl Steiner and his rise to power, Mm -hmm. essentially, Mm -hmm. in public opinion, and then maybe stretched out the relationship between the remaining commandos, you know, Simpson and Shaw... Build a little bit more on that and maybe not kill Simpson off so quickly mm-hmm. and have it just be Jack running around with Shaw kind of telling him to calm down and you're, you you need to rest. 
I think we could have had two solid episodes here, still not even having to involve Mickey and Ryan. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel there's a missed opportunity. Yes, they did deliver the story, mm-hmm. but it is a very condensed story. And I feel like if characters were allowed to be developed even further and maybe even delve into the flashbacks a little bit more. Let's actually see some of the evil Nazi stuff instead of just the torture that we saw, which, by the way, we didn't mention it at all during during our goods. But wow. Yeah. On, even Hard, though hardcore. It's, it is. It was hardcore. very hardcore for a for a TV show in syndication in the late 80s. Yeah. And well, I think what they were also able to pull off inside of all of the flashback stuffs was the tweaking into when I say the horrors of Nazi Germany. I'm not talking about a horror movie. Right. I'm talking about the horrors yeah. of Nazi Germany. And they were able to tweak into that with the black and white footage, mm. with utilizing what were actors, obviously in this time, inside of a showcase of what was supposed to be back then. Mm-hmm. It was all done very, very well. Yes. What they were also able to pull off was the clear one-to-one representation of the butcher. Mm. The butcher does not look like a weatherman inside of... 1980s curious goodsdom he looks exactly like he did back in nazi times yeah i thought that that was an incredible piece of genius painting the exact picture that was back then into what was when this was uh, produced live i think that that's a that's a smack of genius because regardless of what you think believe it or not very often in particularly in politics the enemy of you is often right in front of you. <laughs> yes. And I, I those those tiny little undertones of that inside this episode ha- have only glanced to my brain as we've broached these last two topics, but they are so very, very true inside of it. And I think all of that could have been explored even more had we had more a part two. Yeah, more time. Well, that's what we thought needed a little bit of work inside this episode of Friday the 13th, the series. But we want to know what you think needed a little bit of spit and polish. Head on over to our website at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com, fill out the contact form, and let us know what you think. It's time to take a break during the Curious Goods Podcast. Our review of Friday the 13th, the series season 2, episode 19. The Butcher. We will be right back. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. Editing podcasts can be, ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content, and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. 
That's voicefarmers.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and complete educational detailing of each and every episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time, season two, episode 19, The Butcher. Every time Nick and I come back from break, it's time to launch into our manifest moments. Our manifest moments are where Nick and I recognize either an actor's portrayal, a storytelling element featured inside this episode, or something else that trips our collective review night fantastic. Nick, what have you got? Well, this episode already gave us something that we'd never gotten before, and that was a solo Jack story, Mm -hmm. which was awesome. But it also gave us something else. So my manifest moment for this episode is the lack of an actual cursed item. Mm. Yes, we have the amulet of Thule, but that is not something that came from the Curious Goods shop. Mm -hmm. That is not something that Uncle Lewis had and then had cursed by the devil. This is an actual artifact dating back centuries that has the ability to foster reanimation in corpses. Okay, cool. I I can dig that whole concept right there. Mm -hmm. The fact that it has ties to the Norse gods was very interesting. I was like, oh, because a lot of people, when they think Norse gods, they're thinking... You know, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about what those those myths and legends of that religion, because that's what it was. It was a religion. It still is a religion. Mm-hmm. Norse mythology started off as Norse religion. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it wasn't a happy religion either. Right. You know, they they weren't running through the field singing songs to each other. Right. We get all of this great layering on an object that isn't technically a cursed object. Mm-hmm. It was always like this. Yeah. And that's something that we've never had before. Everything that's been in this show has been something that has some sort of connection to the manifest in, in one way or another. And I really like the fact that we were able to veer to the left a little bit and explore something that existed outside of the antique store. And that is my manifest moment. I think that's a great one. And again, that being able to depart but still have an engaging story, in particular involving one of the you know, the the master characters that is showcased inside of the show. It's brilliant. It's great stuff. I think inside this episode, my manifest moment has got to be 
reviewing the concept of Jack Marshak's past lives. Something that is, I guess I'll call it a guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. I know that right now, I, if they issued another series, regardless of actor and intent and whomever was involved in producing it, I would be going back to watch the tales of a younger Indiana Jones. Outright. Okay. I would be tuning in for every single episode. I'd watch it all. I would marvel in it and drink it in like a, like a delicious drink. I know this because when they issued the young Indiana Jones episode, right, right. I was tied in, bonded by that series, just like I was everything inside of the cone of Indiana Jones inside of his feature film series. They have laid the ground for Jack Marshak so well inside of this series that we, all of us, collectively, listening to this podcast and further, would march behind Jack into hell. And yeah, because he'd be the one to know how to get us back out. Right. And that we we are already part of the Jack Alliance. We will instantly want to then graft on to what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will be doing. And this is the taste. This is the taste. I'm so sorry that Chris Wiggins is gone. I realize he'd now be 90 or something, I think, at this point. Right. Wouldn't right. he? Uh, but I'm so sorry that he is gone because having something that is a him remembering some of these style episodes that would be a relaunch oh, yeah. into a series would be just epic. Mm. Absolutely epic. And we get a taste of that. We get a taste of his past escapades. We get a taste of him being caring about people that he cares about deeply. We get a, a, a another taste of yet another page out of the book of Jack. And it all is seductive on every single level that everybody that's listening can also imagine. And so that is my manifest moment without question, because I love it. So be on the lookout for Mike and I's fan fiction, (laughs) Jack Marshak, young man of action, (laughs) blog posts coming soon. In the in, in the show notes to this to, to the the future episode, it's not going to happen. But if if you want it to happen, let us know. <sighs> Just it, it would be so much fun. And I, again, he I don't know how many episodes we got left to review inside of this series, but it would be so much fun. I know, but I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to make you sad. That's where we ask you guys, what was your manifest moment from this episode, season two, episode nineteen? The butcher. Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what your favorite piece of this episode was. Vocabulary. Ah, vocabulary. The words floating around the Wilkerson and Hearn brain. They are inside this episode listed as... Amulet. Ah, amulet. Thanks to our friends over at visualthesaurus.com, it's listed as a trinket or a piece of jewelry actually hung about the neck and thought to be magical protection against evil or disease. Little did they know it was used for exactly that inside this episode. Our second word inside this episode is... Propaganda. Propaganda. What a very interesting word. It's also a word I use every time I have the opportunity to ask somebody about their information that they have about 
their group or their podcast or whatever else. I'll casually walk up to them and go, so may I have some of your propaganda, please? And what I'll always get is the curious eyebrow look at what I'm, whatever I'm saying. Right, yeah, it's like, you some sort of Nazi there, Mark? <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. Propaganda, it, it kind of just harkens Nazism. It, it harkens bad things. Yeah. Even though it's not a bad word. Right. Well, again, what we'll do is we'll start with the definition from our friends over at visualthesaurus.com. It has two listings for it. The first is information that is spread for the purpose of promoting some cause. The second one is listed as a message received and understood. I don't hear anything evil <laughs> in there, either of those. There is no twisting mustache that's <laughs> featured inside of the inside of the dropping G inside of propaganda. There, there is no axe coming out of the back end of the A's. You finish reading the word to club you about the head. It's a word. It's propaganda. There's a definition to the word that very is often lost because of a supposed context that is then grafted onto the word and moves the word forward like propaganda. That's where we ask you guys. Guys, there were so there were so many things and themes and kickassery featured inside of this episode. If there's something else inside of this episode that you think should be featured inside of a vocabulary push inside of this episode, let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Episode rating. Ah, the rating inside of this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap, gunning down Nazis inside of your own antique shop so that you can clean it all up later. A 1 is on the bottom of the list, being a friend of Jack Marshak, hence you are destined to die. Everything starts at a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick, there are no habsies. Nick, what do you got? There are actually so many good things about this episode. We could have added about four or five bonus goods. So easy. Actually, this episode could have been nothing but us talking about good <laughs> things and just ignoring the bad because even the bad wasn't we, that bad. We had to sponge out some bads because it was, yeah. it was a hunt. Yeah, so so when things like that happen, I'm pretty sure everybody in the audience is, is thinking the same thing I'm thinking. There's no way in the world I could rate this anything else than a 10. This was a stellar episode. This might actually end up being, uh, we haven't gone through the whole series. This is definitely in my top five so far and this might actually end up being my top one this might be the best episode i've seen i don't know i will review everything that we've reviewed before and and, and when we're done reviewing the actual series because it will eventually happen so when we get to that point i'll i'll definitely have a list of my absolute top five but i can guarantee you this one here is going to be in the top five because this was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, well said. I, I want to get my number out of the way quick. So I rate this episode a 10. Numbers out of the way. There we go. Now, that being said, the what does is the only detractor. Here comes Mike's propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that is the, the standout takeaway from this episode is that 
one of the hallmarks of us giving something you go, okay, seven is an average. If you were to walk up to somebody and go, okay, we need to watch this episode to get the crisp flavor of what you can look forward to mm-hmm. being delivered inside of Friday the 13th, the series. Frankly, this ain't it. Mm. Well, this is a stellar story. We are surrounded by brilliant actors. The actual physical story makeup is brilliant. The concept of the amulet that reanimates, brilliant. The reanimation of a Nazi that needed to die because he'd done bad and wrong to Jack. Absolutely top of the heap. Brilliant. What this does not feature, however, there is no cursed good. There is no cursed item. Okay. There are no triumvirate of our daring trio that pulls off the episodes inside of what is, my opinion, an episode of Friday the 13th, the series. However, again, like you said, we could have went on to, I don't know, what, uh, probably a 30 if we had just counted positives inside of this. Yeah. So because we can't go to 30, I still give this episode a 10, but I would not choose for this episode to be one that somebody watches to get a feeling and flavor of what this series is about because it's not here. Mm -hmm. There's there's at least two of the I can agree with you. I can agree with you there. Yeah. But- I never said that I would show this as, hey, you want you want an idea of what the show is like? I just said, I really love it. Well, as do I. So. As do I. We'll have to come up with a separate list of best examples of what this show can instill on a, a viewer if you just gave them an episode. Yeah. And that's when we ask you guys, what did you rate this episode? Season 2, episode 19. The Butcher. Let us know what you think by going over to our website over at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Fill out the quick web form and say it with me. Tell Tell us us what what you think. Because Jack Marshak said so. What a great episode of Friday the 13th Review Mm. here on the Curious Goods Podcast. Now, normally, what we usually do is, and we affectionately call it a cheeky push to close, in which Mike or I or the both of us are murdered and or humiliated by either a cursed object or something pertaining to the episode in which we just reviewed. Instead, what we've decided to do is end this episode with a collection of hardcore Nazi ass-kicking. Enjoy! Take the fight to them! It's not a good day to be a Nazi. Let him rip, boys! Second line! Fucking no! Griggs, pass me another magazine! How do you like my wiener schnitzel? God bless him. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed.
as they inspect the body. It looks as though <gasps> he was strangled terribly because you can be strangled the nicely, apparently. He said with a with a with a swathing German. There's accent. a little bit of the German in there, so that people know you can't, you can't knock out the Nazi. The that's, Nazi lives on, my friend. That's right, because then I'm just going to have him talk like this. <laughs> Hi, I'm douchebag Carl, Carl Steiner. Please and you're not. <laughs> and you're not. Mike, you ignorant <laughs> slut. I'll figure it out. Really? I'm a smart oh, guy. Oh, good Even though you're, you know, you're sorely lacking in brilliance here. <laughs> I will make it better. <laughs>